0: It is yet another Victory Monday. Welcome to the show. This is a football show, and we are live, of course, on every Victory Monday, right here from the pharmacy in East Nashville on McFerrin Avenue. What a gorgeous, freaking spectacular day to be out having a burger with your friends. Zach, he's Zach. I'm Braden. Look at this crowd back here. Look at all these people. It is slammed because people are enjoying 76
1: degrees and a Titans victory, my man. How are you? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. I thought it We'll talk about it, but I thought yesterday was a fantastic win and probably the one of the most, to me, most earned and best wins of Mike Vrabel's tenure, and he would actually agree with me, and I thought this yesterday.
0: Wow. Okay. So you knew
1: what Mike Vrabel was going to say at the press conference today. Well, I also called that it was the Andrew Adams game and nobody, <laughs> and, and now
0: everybody's no was using cred- it. No one was crediting you yeah. all throughout
1: the game. Oh, and everybody, and it, I heard Buck <laughs> say it today. I heard, uh, saw that the morning crew on 104.5, they put it in their thing and I'm thinking I should have trademarked this. Yeah. At least give me some credit. I mean, especially because these people know me. I uh, You tweeted. It was the Andrew Adams game. Where were you? Before
0: anyone else. Yeah, where Before anyone else, I will vouch for you yes. on this. You did it. And welcome, of course, to the pharmacy. Again, look at all these beautiful people back here. They're just beautiful people everywhere here at the pharmacy. So if you want to come hang out every single Monday or, for that matter, all the other days of the week, the pharmacy has a great burger for you. We got the burger and the tots right here. Look, the, the beers are jumping off the table. That's how rowdy it is here at the pharmacy, which of course is a bearded iris pills here for the pharmacy. It's a pharmacy pills, So locally sourced beer here at the pharmacy. You can only get that right here in the beautiful beer garden and burger parlor. They got the soda rail for the kids as well. So lots of fun stuff for you guys here at the pharmacy. So come on out, man. They, they We got the show on Mondays and that's five straight victory Mondays here on the program. So we're going to get into the Titans win. You just said it could be one of the best of Mike Vrabel's tenure, certainly the best of the season. Why is that? We'll get to that. Ryan Tannehill injury update. What does that mean moving forward for the team? Is the offense uh, going to be watchable at any point during the course of the rest of the season? We'll get into that.
1: Sure is fucking ugly.
0: <laughs> no more analysis needed than that on that. Uh, and of course, obviously, some SEC football. So we'll get into that as Tennessee, Kentucky, of course, coming up this weekend. So we got a lot of stuff to talk about in the SEC as well. Uh, let's also remind our, our
1: our folks out there who are listening to do what to the notifications and all those good things. What should Turn people do? Turn them all on. We we want you to come and listen to the podcast version of this as well. So what you need to do here's here's your plan. Here's your daily schedule. Mondays, tune in live. Tuesday mornings, listen to this show. Tuesday afternoons, so you're getting you're listening to us twice. Tuesday afternoons, you listen to Music City Audible. Wednesday mornings, you listen to Football and Other F-Words, and you can listen to that three times all day, every day. You can also, on Thursday, you watch this show, you listen to Music City Audible, and then on Friday, you listen to this show again. So you need to be listening slash watching to us twice, because I think it's very important, because it's like when you go back and re-watch a show that you hadn't seen in a while, and you're like, oh, I missed that. Oh, I missed that little clue in the background. That's what happens if you listen to the show twice. You pick up on new nuggets. That's
0: true. And practice reports come out and new information comes to light. So we have to evolve as the week goes along. And if you love college football, make sure you're checking out Fringe Element every Wednesday. We got all the picks against the spread on Friday. So basically wall-to-wall football from Broadway Sports Media and 440 Sports, college and pro, everything you need. Every single day, there is something good and fresh and new for you if you're watching, listening, viewing, consuming.
1: But the only way you know, you got to turn on notifications, YouTube channels, Facebook. 440 Sports, Broadway Sports Media, Twitters, at FWordsPod, at Braden Gall. Gap turn on the notifications, yep, yep. people.
0: Now, is asking people to listen to the same podcast three times sort of like your daddy buying your book to move it up the bestseller list?
1: Yeah, I mean, that's fine.
0: That's okay. Uh, You're okay. okay with that? I'm okay Stacking with the... like a,
1: a a few thousand people who shown some nepotism <laughs> our times. way. Yes,
0: Download and listen to the show. Four times per week.
1: Yes. We, we do appreciate it. No. I'll create a daily schedule for everybody, and I'll <laughs> share it. And we'll, we'll tell you what to watch and what to listen to and when to do it. So lots of good,
0: bad, and questionable for the Titans moving forward for a lot of different reasons. Uh, however, Weiss Liquors, Kingston Group, two other amazing sponsors here on the show. You guys know the drill on the Kingston Group. If you're going to build, make a decision about your house that's big and expensive and complicated and difficult, sort of like what happens to Todd Downing when he game plans. If you would like to have a conversation with some experts, talk to the Kingston group, build KG.com.
1: I went and looked at a house today uh, for to potential listing. Cause I am a real estate agent, Zach Lyons. More promotion. Com, <laughs> and you can email me at Zach Lyons at KW.com. I'm with Keller Williams, by the way. But uh, I was Shameless. at a house today and it was a very dated house in Columbia that had been built in 2000 and it looked like it stayed in 2000. I was walking, I was going if I was someone, I'd be calling the Kingston Group to come in and remodel this because this is in desperate need of some updates.
0: The Kingston Group, BuildKG.com, Nashville's locally owned custom home and remodeling firm. And, of course, Weiss Liquors. I hope you celebrated after the game last night and also maybe needed some booze to to, to like forget about the offense. Weiss Liquors, Uber Eats, search Weiss Liquors. The booze will show up to your house in as quickly as 20 minutes. Zach? Well, that's because they drive. So, you can drink. Bingo. Support locally owned business, folks. Broadway Sports Media, 440 Sports, but a pharmacy, Weiss Liquors, Kingston Group. We are all sponsored and made possible for you by people who live and operate their businesses in Nashville. By the people for the people. By the people for the people. By Nashville, of Nashville, for Nashville. So, go support all the local businesses that support this show Weiss Liquors, Kingston Group, and of course, the pharmacy. So, this is a Victory Monday. It is five straight Victory Mondays. It wasn't the prettiest. We'll get to what that means for the future. But you think this is one of the most impressive victories of the Mike Vrabel era, including especially this season.
1: Explain to me why you think that. Hands down this season. OK, so but it's in the argument for because you got the playoff wins and those are exciting. But do you want to talk about impressive? Talk about a team that knows that you're going to be running it with Derrick Henry and you still find success on the ground, a team that isn't afraid of any of your offensive weapons outside of Derrick Henry. And you still found Austin Hooper in critical situations, which hasn't been the norm. And then on top of that, the injuries that were, that happened to Ryan Tannehill and Ben Jones, and you saw the emotion from Ben Jones as he exits the game. And he almost essentially collapses in Mike Vrabel's arms. Like if, if, if that had been, like, Nick Sirianni or Brandon Staley, that guy would be crushed by Ben Jones. Luckily, it's Mike Vrabel. Mike McDaniel? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Mike McDaniel. That would be... Little guy. Mike, Mike McDaniel would be like, oh, crap. But he would have a hilarious take on yeah, it would. at the press conference because he he's, he's got the best press conferences. He's a wicked smart dude. But you got all that, and then you got the defense in the trenches just dominating an overpaid offensive line. You wouldn't believe how many Colts fans were under Zach Kiefer's and uh, Stephen Holder's tweets. Where they referenced Danico Autry and how they wish they would have paid Denico Autry ten million and not paid Quentin Nelson at all. <laughs> like, like, these guys don't even want Quentin Nelson on their team anymore. That's how pretty much the Titans ha- are enders. You know how they ended the Patriots dynasty? Yeah, Tom Brady. They Brady's have now career. ended. Now he any, won a Super Bowl, I guess. Yeah, well, but I, that's why I say the Patriots dynasty. Yeah, that's, that's good. I have, but now they have ended essentially any talk or promotions about. Colts teams for at least three more years by the national media. Nobody's going to buy into this Colts team anymore. And Frank Reich has has, said, has
0: announced this morning that Matt Ryan will no longer be starting for the time being. Zach Kiefer did report that it's a shoulder, but also he's being benched because he's not been very good. So there's a combination of all those things. It doesn't really matter. All that matters is Sam Ellinger is going to be the Colts starting quarterback next week against Washington. Cross him off the list. <laughs> Colts are dead. And, and let's just be honest about the state of quarterback play in this league this year. Just injuries everywhere. Obviously, we'll get to Ryan Tannehill and what that means for, for the team, for the Titans moving forward. But I agree. I think and, – and Vrabel was clearly very proud of how his team played in the press conference on Monday. I was proud. but like, yeah, to, I mean, to, I know that
1: doesn't matter to anybody. No, but, but – But, like, to me, uh, for, coming from a guy who's hated on almost every win that they've had – And that's listen, true. That's true. I'm going to hate on this win, too, and certain points, mainly due with the offense – they found a way to get it done with Cody Hollister as one of their leading receiver for most of the game. I think he may have still... Uh, Austin Hooper actually ended up the leading receiver. But for most of the game, it was Cody Hollister. Good to see that Austin Hooper
0: still plays football, by yes. the way. Uh, three catches, 56 yards. And he didn't fall down.
1: He <laughs> no, actually so he broke stood up.
0: Had some yak. Yeah. Had some yak on his first catch there. Um, so I think... Jeffrey Simmons, Ben Jones, Ryan Tannehill, you probably could not. I mean, other than like maybe Kevin Byer, Derrick Henry. There's a couple other names, obviously. But those are three of the most important players. And for them to go out of the game, deal with injury. And we see this with Ben Jones sort of every game. He's going to end up sitting on the ground at some point, And then he's going to come off. Yeah. And he's the t- he is one of the toughest dudes you'll ever talk to. I did a show with him like years ago in his first year here. Hilarious guy. He. I'm just going to say, like, this has nothing to do with the game. He is going to have a miserable life when he's, like, 55 years old. Like, his body, the, the the toughness level, the things he puts himself through.
1: He has to go through that Joe Thomas transformation yes. at the end because, like, I don't know, if, for those who may not know, uh, The Rock has a competition show where it's, like, these strong athletic people doing the most insane stuff. <laughs> Joe Thomas did it uh, shortly after... He, you know, retired from the league and he is like trimmed
0: a bunch of weight off. I mean, like this
1: dude, he is Jack and Ben Jones is going to have to do that. He can't go to immediately do, you know, just hunting as his only activity, (laughs) physical activity and drinking beer. He's
0: also not like six, five. Yeah. Like some
1: of those other guys are. He's a shorter
0: offensive lineman. Point is, like he gives everything for his team. It will cost him later in life, but it's what allows him to come back from all these injuries all the time. Jeffrey Simmons, talk about grind. You're looking at, at grind right now. Je- you know That's his Twitter account. He comes back in the game. Excuse me. Tannehill hurts the ankle and comes back into the game. And, and even though it almost led to the, the turnover that might have cost him, just a toughness factor in this one where the offense was atrocious. And again, we'll get to that. I think because of the situation, the division, the Colts, 2-0 sweeping them. How tough the game was, how well the defense played. I think the guys that stepped up needed to step up. And I think that's why Vrabel exuded so much sort of pride for the way his team played and why you probably feel the way you do.
1: Yeah. I, you know, I just look at it and I think we, I think Titans fans by and large love Ben Jones, but I don't think they really realize the gravity of what Ben Jones brings to the locker room, the steady presence that he's had on the offensive line in general. But that dude is like the heart. Like, yep. I, I think that's very a lot of people don't understand it. And if you look at the locker room dynamic, I don't I, I just think, you know, how much this team cares about Ben Jones and uh, specifically the staff and how much they respect him. And he, when he's gone and retired, that's going to be yep. a hard void to fill. And right now, that offensive lineman is not on this team that could fill that void at all, yeah. not only just from a talent perspective, but also from a leadership perspective that is going to have to be. That's to me is one of the best John Robinson's uh, signings that we never really talk about. I, I think because he was they, John Robinson. Right? Yeah. Yeah.
0: Jones was one of the first wave guys Where like, they went and got like Rashad Matthews and Rashad, jo- uh, Rashad John Rashad, sure John on that Rashad Johnson, the safety, right? No, it was his first off season. He went and got Jones and Johnson and Matthews. And they brought in all these guys to sort of start the rebuild of the roster. And, and and I think to, to your point about his Ben Jones's leadership, I, I think the offensive line right now is being held together by duct tape and rookies and like less than pieces. Ben Jones is the reason it is finding any success. If there's ever a moment where you go, that was a nice play by the offensive line. It's because Ben Jones makes the calls. Ben Jones is the leadership. He's the heart and soul. He's also the funniest dude probably on the team. Everyone thinks it's Lawan, probably, but it's absolutely Ben Jones. Uh, and so I think if you lose him for any period of time, I think the offensive line caves in around him, and I think that's how, to your point, the sacrifices he's made for his team, the injuries he's dealt with, but how important he is to the team. I think that's why you see the the Only collapse to the hug. Only missed one game after. in his entire career. Only missed one start. Incredible toughness there. So I do think um, the defense is with worth, the Titans. that's just say. yeah, yeah. The defense I think is worth having a conversation about because clearly. Bud Dupree being back helped. He was influential.
1: 7 pressures. It, 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 for, I know. The, for the most
0: overpaid loser <laughs> apparently in <laughs> Titans history. I was going to set you up for that, but I don't you don't need it. You can just you can just tell people how the wrong they are about Bud Dupree um being extremely valuable. He was influential on the interceptions. He was influential as you said constantly. But also it gave them the freedom also the matchup against the Colts because they they can't go down the field. But Andrew Adams uh, at high point safety rolling on Monty Hooker who's back into the lineup into the slot. They had him matched up man to man with guys like Paris Campbell from time to time, uh, who are not normally a matchup for a safety and man coverage. So they were able to do so much more stuff on defense, and it worked. They were largely dominant. That was an X. Ex- that that might have been their best showing as a defense all season as well.
1: Yeah, I, I think I would have to agree with you just because it was the Andrew Adams game. I mean, like I said, I mean, I knew it's it the Patriots game when they played at home. I think it was uh, Mike Vrabel's first year. And Kenny Vaccaro had just got signed, and he goes in and he makes a tackle right off the bat, and you just knew that this this team was going to win that game, and this defense was going to be the reason why, and that that pretty much came to fruition in that game.
0: Was that the Derrick Henry game where after he gets benched and then afterward he looks in the mirror, has the conversation with Eddie George, or is that a year later? Maybe that may. Year's later. I, I'm not. I'm not entirely anyway, sure.
1: Either way, that has nothing to do with no. Kenny Vaccaro. Why are we? Even I'm just talking trying about to
0: remember that? the game that. Also,
1: was a signature yeah. signature moment for Derrick Henry. It was just the Hope Patriots Henry. game, and Kenny Vaccaro made that tackle, and the defense went wild at home. And and that. it was just to me that was the moment that you knew the first off Kenny Vaccaro was really going to be a, an underrated signing, and he ended up being an underrated signing. But you knew that the team was going to win, and when Andrew Adams made those first few plays, and I tweeted immediately saying, "Where were you when the Andrew Adams game happened?" I, I just knew it. I could feel it now. Was as confident that the Titans, you know, be only being up thirteen heading into the half, or only having scored thirteen points, that they were going to win? Probably not, <laughs> because I mean you got to be realistic sometimes that this team has struggled yeah. in the second half. However, I knew it wasn't going to be because of any defensive letdowns that they were going to lose, and I think that's important because you got Amani Hooker who allowed eight eight catches on eight targets, and he yeah sure he's playing out of position. But uh, obvious, shows his versatility, if nothing else. No, it shows how. Let me tell you one thing: it shows, and this is the most important thing that nobody's talked about. They'll do anything to keep Caleb Farley off the field <laughs> at this point. They will move a safety to yeah. the slot that hasn't played sa- that hasn't played the cornerback slot position since college, just to keep Caleb Farley off the field, and it's the right call. And and
0: Mitchell got into the game before. Caleb Farley. Caleb and, Farley and, Mitchell made a big, special and Mitchell made a big play at the end of the game, of course, to force the fumble. That, well, he, it was
1: very, very lucky that he did yeah. because he had played awful until then, letting big play after big play after big play. So playing awful, giving up big plays, still better than, than Caleb, Caleb Farley. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Stoney
0: on uh, the YouTube comments. Again, if you want to get in and ask questions, please do so. We are here live at the pharmacy. Look at all these beautiful people enjoying this beautiful weather. Uh, we are also brought to you, of course, by Kingston Group and Weiss Liquor. Support local businesses, folks. Uh, Stoney asking, where is the Lizzo shirt? The the You, Lizzo- had, you were full 80s. You looked full 80s. Yeah, on, it just happened to work night. out
1: that way, yeah. uh, you know, because I wore that shirt. And then, of course, I got the Lizzo shirt at the uh, at the concert itself. Um, good show? Liz- Lizzo- oh, great show. Good. Great show. And Lotto uh, was really good as well. And uh, fantastic time. And uh, I will say this, the. The shirt will make an appearance on the video shows. Okay, it's just that uh, I did not have time to do laundry last night and and this morning,
0: and it was a little sweaty last night after all that that gyrations, yes, all the gyrations that happened. Um, All right, so do you want to get into Tannehill here before we talk about how concerned we are about
1: the offense? Well, we talked about the injuries, and you know, to me, it's like Ryan Tannehill's playing. I mean, why do you say that? I mean, why would he not play versus the Texans? So it's a divisional game, and they are the Texans are a threat because they have beaten the Titans before, but they are a threat. They do play teams really, really close down to the wire. They are a well-coached team that has fight to them. Now, the win-loss record doesn't match the effort, but that's okay. That's still a dangerous game. They are
0: clearly better this year than they were last year.
1: Yeah, and Ryan Tannehill obviously, you know... People are saying today that he feels good, but we'll see where he's at on Wednesday. He's going to play. He's just that kind of player that he's not going to, you know, bail on his team just because he's got a little twisted ankle. So a couple of things here
0: Um, in the walking boot, of course, if you didn't notice that leaving the building, that also could be totally precautionary. Uh, There was some like subtle allusions to the fact that he's not going to practice a whole lot this week, which makes sense. Yeah. Malik Willis wasn't. Ben Jones
1: th- probably will not practice a lot <laughs> right, this week. It's part
0: for the course for yeah. Ben normally. You, you get Malik Willis into a couple of game, into a couple of snaps yesterday for kind of the first real time as a as a separate package, separate player, uh, not just the end of the Bills game. So you start to kind of put it all together. And is it a high ankle sprain? Is it more serious than we think? I, I tend to agree with you that he's gonna go. The question is, and we were talking about this before the show. I don't know why with an offensive line that is as porous as this one has been, why they are not using – because the reason you would go to Willis for just like a couple of plays for whatever reason is if you've got a statue quarterback back there to sort of create some something to think about for the defensive line. Well, you don't need to do that because Tannehill can do it, and they had one design run yesterday, and it worked pretty well. I'm, I'm, so two-part question. Why haven't they been running him more on design plays to help slow down the pass rush? And two, what happens if he doesn't have that part of his game and he's just standing in the pocket as a statue because part of the play action that's so good with this team is his ability to get back through the play action fake and then settle and throw.
1: Well, I'll talk about the second part first about Ryan Tannehill maybe being limited. Here's the thing about Ryan Tannehill that nobody really ever gives him credit for. They they say that his leadership sucks, right? I mean, the general consensus is that his leadership not sucks. Among, by the fans, I mean, that is general consensus. Let me say something. The media, you guys are like this much the fans are this much, so general consensus would be the majority, and the okay. majority, and okay. including some of your media well, members. Titans, by the way, Titans Twitter is this much of the Titans fan. Just so, well, just so we you, know. let me let me say something. Listen to who calls in the radio. The, the, those are I, the well represented demographics of the Titans fan. I, I mean, have, I've met. I have, I have questions
0: about people who call in the yeah. radio shows, but yeah,
1: but just me. I will say this: a lot of people question his leadership. Brian Tannehill is a tough motherfucker. He's going to go out there and he's going to play and he's going to play like that ankle doesn't fucking bother. Him. Is he going to lip maybe to the huddle from the sideline, sideline huddle? Sure. When that ball snapped, it's gone. And that's just what Ryan Taylor is. So I'm not too concerned okay. that. Listen, he's been playing with an he's been playing behind that offensive line all year long. That's a more of a hindrance than the ankle at this point. In my <laughs> mind, it's more of a concern. than. So the now ankle. he has two bad ankles. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> The the other thing is to go back to why they're not calling design run plays with Ryan Tannehill in mind was because they got a fucking moron as a fun, offensive coordinator. Wow. Yeah, there you go. So it's not personal at all. <laughs> no, <laughs> no. I mean, listen, I don't know Todd Downing at all. And I'm sure, you know, the way that he presents himself, it talks about his personal life and the religious aspects of it. Super nice guy, I'm sure. But super nice people can be idiots. Yes. Well, yeah, there's lots of dumb, dumb
0: nice people in the world. I I think he's one of them. I think Todd, I think to insult Todd Downing's intelligence is one thing. I'm not going to go there to suggest that he is not doing his job up to the abilities that Mike Vrabel and Titans fans need him to. That's fair. That is clear because we talked about it last week. They did a lot of self-scouting and Vrabel was clearly, clearly not happy with what he saw. Todd Downing was supposed to be fine tuning the playbook and the game plan. And I'm not sure what difference we saw because that was their worst offensive output of the season. Mm-hmm. They didn't score on the opening drive. They weren't, like, again, I know the offensive, there's some limitations here. But you can those design and
1: call plays with the offensive line in mind. I, I I tend to agree. You make me want to drink more. Well, my, my thing is, is that... I like, don't like calling people fucking morons. I said, I well, like that. man, that's all right. That's what I'm here for. Listen, um, the people today were talking about, you know, the play and everything. And I'm like, well, I can't wait to see the next iteration of the jet sweep, but Caleb Farley this time, <laughs> because that's what's going to happen, right? Like what, what in the world? I am. tired. Listen, this offense is not built to be a trickery kind of yeah. offense. Like your bread and butter is your play action, passing your pre-snap motion and handing the ball off to Derek Henry. It is not these crazy jet sweeps that have never worked. I can't think of one that has worked. Even when AJ Brown was the one taking them he would get stopped in the, in the backfield. Johnny a lot. Smith did pretty well. Yeah, but, but that, that was Arthur Smith. Yeah, I mean there's a little bit of difference there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but again, Malik Willis this play just makes me so mad for for a lot of reasons because people want to put the blame on Ryan Tannehill. They don't they want to absolve Malik Willis of everything because there's that subsection of people that think Malik Willis does no wrong and Ryan Tannehill does all the wrong. Here's the issue. One, play should have never been designed. Two, play should have never been practiced three it obviously wasn't practiced four it never should have been called in a game five the offensive line sucked it wasn't gonna work anyway if malik willis held on to the ball six you have a guy with a bum ankle trying to go out there and make this weird handoff and he was obviously not doing it and seven you have malik willis who obviously has never taken a handoff in his life, not like in that his high school career or anything. And he yeah. totally botched it And eight. And the final reason you have <laughs> running backs and wide receivers you could use in this situation. Why wouldn't they use yeah. Dontre John Charles Hilliard? Why wouldn't they have called up at some point Reggie Roberson, who has speed, who could probably run that play quicker than anybody.
0: Do you want to take? You. Do you want
1: to take a break and I'll talk about our sponsors for a second, sure. and then
0: answer your question. Yeah, uh, we're here at the pharmacy. It's beautiful. It's gorgeous outside. They've got amazing food. There's no reason not to come to the pharmacy. So come check out check out the pharmacy. Zach's going to take a couple of sips of his beer and take a deep breath here. Still one of eat your some, tater tots. Eat here. some. T- no, eat the tots, man. Go to town. The tots are delicious. They got the worst. They got the burgers. They got the be- the, the the garden back here with all these beautiful and amazing people. Make sure you come by and hang out at the pharmacy, buildkg.com, the Kingston Group. Make sure you check them out as well before you make any big decisions about your house and Weiss Liquors. Uber Eats, Weiss Liquors. They drive so you can drink. There you go. The booze will show up at your house in as quickly as 20 minutes if you just search Weiss Liquors on Uber Eats. I think the key is like like everything about this play to me is like it's like the smell of a good play. Like, you can smell, there's like a waft. Like, okay, I like the fact that they had Malik Willis in the game a couple of times early to put it on film. I like the fact that they had Dontrell Hilliard and Derrick Henry in the game together, and then Motion Hilliard didn't use him either time, put it on film. Like, all of it seems like it could be, have the makings of a good, like, you know, like a nice smell of a good play. And then when you get down to the decision-making, the timing, the design, and the execution of why it's all happening when it's happening, and you're going, all right, You're going to ask your quarterback who just hurt his ankle to have to push off. You're going to ask a backup quarterback who clearly has never run this play to run a play he's never run before. You've already put on film Hilliard going in motion with Henry in the backfield, so you could do that again and maybe has the defense slowing down a beat because they're watching for Hilliard to go in motion, who is very comfortable taking handoffs in that situation. It's just an example of, like, I think the idea is right
1: and then nothing else works after that. You just did everything wrong after that. I think it, including here's, timing. Here's my thing on this jet sweep thing is that the first off this defense by the Indianapolis Colts have been playing pretty well, sniffing out the runs in the middle of the the offensive line. So when you're tossing this ball or giving handing off this ball to Malik Willis, you're handing it right where they early, I mean right where they're gonna be going anyway, right? So to me, why not fake it to Henry, then toss it to Willis, who's coming behind Henry? If if you I've, have I've. this fucking desire to use Willis <laughs> in this way, which is idiotic, by the way. And I, why not do that kind of a jet sweep? Like, I don't understand why they saw what they did with Chig and decided, well, we're going to get a guy who has never taken a handoff, apparently. And we're going to put him in the Chig role. And we know it didn't work in against the New York Giants, but heck. It may just work against the Indianapolis Colts with a worse with a worse offensive line <laughs> and, and a worse same, player.
0: And the same thing happened where the tackle and guard got pushed off the yeah. ball and blown up and the guy was right in the way of the play. Again, like there's this idea and a concept and a blueprint. Maybe the Kingston group could help out with this. There's like a blueprint of a smart play. And then it's like, it doesn't, it's not finished correctly. It's not timed correctly. It's not you, the right personnel isn't used. I was about like, to
1: say, you know, the Kingston Group, when they design a blueprint of something, they use quality ingredients oh. and quality products and the right people to execute the right, right parts of it. But here, the Tennessee Titans just shit all over it. They <laughs> say this blueprint, they take a pile of shit and they just smear it all wow. over it. Cause wow. that's what, that's what the Titans love to do, specifically Todd Downing.
0: <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> Well, we were going to talk about the offense, and now I'm just, I am just—I have this visual in my head of Zach in, in the driveway with his, with his own fecal matter now. Um, that's Todd. I'm, I don't get to no, design that, that's the that's place. That's, that, that, that's true. Uh, so the offense here, moving forward, the question about sustainability, this really isn't a new question for this team. It's the same exact question we've asked. Now, I, if I'm going to spin this positively for Titans fans because they have won four straight games, and if you listen to the show up to date, you might not think that this team has won four straight games. They're also a missed field goal away from five and one. They're also not very good on offense. So the way I would spin this, if I'm a Titans fan and I'm sitting at a bar, maybe at the pharmacy, having a beer with my friends, I'm saying, "Look, the defense is great. I trust the co- I trust Vrabel and the defensive coaching staff. There's some there's some pieces on the offense that I trust: Tannehill, Derrick Henry, Ben Jones, you know, whatever. If we can just get to five and five, if we can just get to six and five, if we can just be five and four, whatever the number is, and then hope and pray that." Something evolves on offense, whether it's young players developing, whether them just not being awful on the offensive line and they're just bad. I don't know. But to me, that's the hope is that you you are so good on defense that you just give your offense time to work through a couple things. And then maybe they're just like 21st in the NFL and not
1: 32nd. And then all of a sudden, maybe you can be dangerous down the stretch yeah. in
0: December and into the playoffs.
1: It, the problem is, is that you're going to tire out your defense, I think, before that ever happens. And that's not a good thing. You have to start sustaining longer drives. You have to start sustaining successful drives as well. Because there's nothing more uh, demoralizing than continually, as a defender, continually having to go out there after three plays. And then you're back out on the field. and it's The entire third quarter. Yeah, Well, I mean... I think, I think the in the first quarter, the it perfectly encapsulates what I feel like a Titans drive, a classic Todd Downey Titans drive is like, is the <laughs> first and ten. They get the people to jump off sides, get the defense to jump off sides. First and five. Then they do a failed run, so it's second and six. And then they do, um, I can't remember what the third play was, but then it's third and nine. And then on the third and nine, he gets sacked. And then it's fourth and 16, and they're punting. And that, that is... Oh, one step forward and 20 steps backwards for the Tennessee Tides. And that to me is a very classic Todd Downing kind of offense that we're used to seeing when it's like, I've talked about it last year and I've said it before heading into this year. They do not change anything about how they approach a game. Without their best pieces. If you, if you, when AJ Brown was out, they treated Nick westbrook Akine and Cody Hollister like they were AJ right, Brown. Right, right, and right. that's not the best way to coach and to have success that sustains into the postseason. All right. So give me some answers then.
0: Short of Traylon Burks coming back and being a fully healthy. Oh, shit. That was
1: one of them. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. All right. Okay. Zach, what are some answers for the Titans offense? <laughs> well, Traylon Burks getting healthy and coming back. Um, I think you got to use chick more, but we say that every week and then they use chick one week and then they you don't use chick this week, but we'll say he had the most snaps he's had as a pro. Yeah. So he was in there a lot early on. He was in there as a fullback and he was a better fullback than Torrey Carter Carter is. So notch one for chick in that category right there. More
0: reasons for more chick.
1: Yeah. I, I think you got to have chick on the field almost all the time and have him swapping out with one of the other guys. Not, not necessarily even in, Two tight end sets. I feel like Chick has done enough in the blocking game to warrant being on two tight end sets, even on run plays. Especially when he's pancaking uh, linebackers like they're nothing. I think it was EJ Speed. He he pancaked in one of the plays in the first quarter. Um, I think clearly they he is earning their
0: trust every. Week, yeah, which is a good thing for this. They offense. They
1: just got to get him. Mean, he had one target yesterday. Jeff Swaim had one target. You know, there's not enough. I know there's not enough time to have targets, but instead of using Jeff Swaim in the end zone to do that play and where he has to jump, maybe get dive. the athletic guy Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that doesn't have to dive. Cause he can get yeah. there a little bit quicker. Yeah. It was a,
0: it, it happened like right in front of me. Yeah. And like we all, and I was sitting next to like Buck and it was just like, we, it was slow motion. Yeah. <laughs> he was running right at us and diving. We're like, this isn't going to work. No. And he just hits the ground. And we were like, Oh, what, why, why is he the one running the out route? Like a speed out route. I don't.
1: I don't think there's a solution for left tackle uh, unless you go and get uh, Eric Fisher, which I still don't think is a- going to be that much better. But anything's better than what Dennis Daly's giving me. He's up to 20 yeah. pressures allowed in the games that he's played now. Uh, it's ridiculous. Uh, NPF had a better game. I think you got to lean on the run game, like we said, yeah. while you get some guys back healthy. But I think the biggest thing is to maybe pull out some new plays that you haven't used you know 50 times in the last two weeks i mean they it's the same same sunday every day i mean so we're living in a groundhog scenario yeah. i feel like i'm bill fucking murray over there, here. there
0: was one play on the first drive and i'm gonna maybe you'll, you can correct because I'm, I'm getting the the two plays confused where it's two tight ends split out twins twins one side two tight ends they motion a guy back to the open side and then run the counter tray with Derek. And the first time it was like a nine or 10 or 11 yard gain. It worked really well. The very next drive, they did the exact same play, but just flipped it. And while I get sometimes in the flow of the game, that can be real sneaky and real smart and real savvy and real good to go back to it sooner than they expect to put something on film and then go back to it when they think you're maybe trying to set something else up. So I get why maybe you, you think through that and see that. But then I'm like, no, they're not. They're just going to run with their Henry. And they did. And it was like minus one yard or yeah. whatever. And so I, I feel like sometimes again they have the idea correct. It's just the timing or the execution of the wrong personnel and it just doesn't hit. For whatever it's just, it's just it's just I know not it's hitting. not
1: gonna happen and I know it's beating a dead horse. Todd Downey needs to be fired. And I know it's not gonna happen, but I'm telling you right now, I think happen. if you want something fixed quickly and instantly, I think that is the best fix. And I, I still hold on to it. And I know people are like, Well, you don't really know what Tim Kelly's gonna be, but I, I'm telling you right now. Tim Kelly's a better offensive coordinator than Todd Downey. He can coach circles around him. And I think that here's the thing. When your offensive line is bad, I know it seems counterintuitive to maybe go five wide, but that's less people in the box that are coming after. That's less free rushers or less rushers, quick throws, quick throws screens. There's ways to call plays and design plays. And that, and I think Todd Downey's just in over his head. He can't design a play. If he was trapped in a maze, and it was a three-foot-tall hedge maze. And he is obviously six-foot-something, maybe five-foot-something. He's shorter than me, actually. Yeah, so he's like five-foot. He's probably my height, yeah, maybe. Yeah, he's like 5'11". So he's still taller than a three-foot hedge maze. <laughs> he would still have problems getting out of that hedge maze. He could not draw uh, an exit strategy to save his life. Oh, man.
0: <laughs>
1: I, I will say this.
0: If it continues, and the reason this team misses the playoff, doesn't win the division, loses the playoff game, whatever, however the season ends, which... We all feel like it's inevitable that this is a good enough team to be in a playoff game, probably not score enough points in that game, right? If that is the inevitability of the end of the season and they are the
1: 27th best offense in, in the NFL, I I don't think he's back next year. When the Panthers, I, I don't think with is. an interim head coach and uh, no Christian McCaffrey, go out and score 20-plus plus points on a Tampa Bay defense as really, really good. Yeah. And you struggle with the Colts scoring points in the second half against the Colts, the Red, uh, the Commanders, the um, the Raiders, these these other teams, and you're you're having trouble scoring points. The, the excuse lies to me. Yeah, yeah. It, yep. the, the the it's all at the feet of Todd Downing.
0: I I tend to agree, and as you've said before, and as uh, Chris says in our comments, basically Downing is an extension of Rabel. That's Vrabel game planning. It's not Vrabel's game plan. It is Todd Downing designing and game planning. He is influenced by Vrabel, and every coordinator is always going to be influenced by the head coach. Use so Hilliard let's, more let's with Henry honest. on the field. I I love the fact that they came out on the first drive two times, had Hilliard and Henry in the back. Of the, of the players that you could throw a pass to right now, the entire roster, Yeah, 53 guys, How
1: where's Dontrell Hilliard in, in the power rankings? Probably fourth of, or fifth. Right? Yeah. And he was available with a couple of guys um, you know, ahead of him that weren't getting open or B weren't healthy. Mason Kinsey was on the field. Yeah. Yeah, well.
0: Why not throw the that, ball that, to Dutch Hilliard over Mason Kinsey?
1: Well, they didn't even throw the ball Mason Kinsey. He caught one pass, I thought. Well, it was the pass that oh, Matt was... Ryan threw into the sidelines. That was <laughs> him that caught it. That he did, little, he that little that fella that
0: looked like a kid <laughs> catching the ball. Jumped up behind yeah. the line. Yeah. I just think Hilliard, like if you want to be creative, they do have like again, Chig and Hilliard are two pieces. That you could be creative with when Burks is back, just not held, a jet sweep with Chick. just not a jet sweep. But either one of them, <laughs> frankly, uh, I, I am curious to see how Willis, how much practice he gets, and I think that's going
1: to be interesting to watch and, and see this week.
0: So, w- what what else you got here on the Titans offense? How <laughs>
1: I think I think for I'm anything sorry. else that you guys want to hear on the Titans offense, because me and Mike are going to break down the game probably for a good forty minutes today, talking about stuff and talking about various takes that we saw come out. So, just football under the f words on Wednesday morning. Keep talking while I chew. And there's, uh, we also have the podcast and the YouTube. It will also be in video format. Now, we'll not have the Lizzo shirt on for the football and other efforts because I record right after this show. People so are be clamoring. Shirt. but are clamoring. Thursday, Lizzo. Lizzo on, this, on this show? On, yeah.
0: on football, football show? Yeah. Okay. All right. Football and other efforts, of course. Make sure you check out all the great and wonderful and amazing sponsors for a football show. Please support them. We are here at the pharmacy drinking a Bearded Iris Pharmacy Pills, locally sourced by a local brewer at a local burger, burger joint. Imagine that talking about a local team at a locally owned establishment since 2011. We got the Kingston group and we got Weiss Lickers as well. So please make sure you check all of that out. I I, listen, I don't want to, it's very easy to be negative about this team and the direction they're going. Just the last word here for me, and you can have your own is just four straight wins and a win is a win is a win in the NFL. So just enjoy the win. Worry about how bad the offense is next week, because for a couple of days here, you're clear ahead of the Colts in the division. You have commanding control of a division, which is a playoff spot. You've won four consecutive games. I think you can harp on the negative and understand that it's a real thing and also celebrate your team winning a very, very,
1: very ugly football game. It was the best win of the season easily. And so props to the Tennessee Titans for gutting out a win. The defense played great. Cheers. I, think, I think that is great to have and great to hang your hat on. The offense has its problems, but if you look around the league, almost every offense has a problem. Scoring is hurting my fantasy football team, in particular, my league of record. Not this one that we're we're in together for the 440 Sports. I'm dominating that one to this weekend at least. I would like to say that you're all welcome
0: for showing up. Me showing up and sacrificing myself to all of you. Yes, that is the worst fantasy league I've
1: ever been in for me. It's the worst performance. I'm Todd. I am the Todd Downing. Of our fantasy league. But uh, I will say this, you it's know, bad. Green Bay suffering even with Aaron Rodgers, but Aaron Rodgers is, is still confident, apparently, that they're going to turn it around. Yesterday's what they needed about Yeah. Yeah, um, I mean, it, it, it's the bad Niners, around the buck, league. The the, def- the defensive schemes people are employing this year are, are the reason combined with the offensive line play. So league scoring's down because these two things are perfectly meshing at the right time. And a
0: third of the league on their backup quarterback? Yeah. That's also a factor um i just think you know again Tam tom brady aaron Rodgers, the niners you know again all these teams not not what they're they were supposed to be you look at now the chargers are dealing with major injuries the raiders aren't as good as they were supposed to be the broncos are garbage who had seattle being what they are like uh, this is a strange league and strange things can happen when you have a trusted coach and a great defense you could do a lot worse with derrick henry a great defense and a trusted coach yep you could do some dangerous things with that so just get to Get to December in the hunt. That's all you got to do. All right. You want to take a look at some SEC football here? Yeah. Because LSU is now, this is great for Tennessee. Right. And for college football and for SEC fans for a number of reasons. It might not be good for Alabama fans. Because Alabama is going to go to LSU. But what a win by LSU over Ole Miss. I've never seen like a, was it 42 to 6 run? Yeah. They went on after going down early. Great defensive line showing, which would concern me if I'm an Alabama fan. Jaden Daniels, the quarterback at LSU, playing really good football, which would concern me if I'm an Alabama fan. LSU is now very much in the race, and they host the Crimson Tide. How nervous are we
1: about this game I'm coming little, up? In two I'm weeks? a little nervous, but we'll talk about that later. I mean, we got we got the show coming up, you know, on Thursday to really dive into it. But I'm a little nervous because I want to talk about how this victory is just a win for UT in particular because it makes their domination of LSU in the Bayou. In Death Valley, so much better. And it, like to me, the biggest takeaway of the weekend, uh, maybe the biggest takeaway, but I would say that UT's schedule, as far as their wins are going to, sh- at the end of the year, are going to look really good for a resume for UT when it comes to college football playoff time. They they are literally the wielder of their own destiny at this point. Yeah. And
0: what's interesting is Tennessee fans got after me last week for suggesting you should use the ranking currently to evaluate Mm -hmm. your resume not the ranking which it only helps them by the way right and they were yelling at me because they thought i was talking about them which i was not i was talking about ohio state actually but they but tennessee fans were like well why would why wouldn't we take credit for beating number one alabama i'm like you you can there's no one saying you can't the pittsburgh pittsburgh is not as good pittsburgh is not as good as you thought they were in week two it's still a go it's still a good win for tennessee but pittsburgh has now lost like three games like they're not very good but lsu is now a top 15 team and you can claim a dominating road win over a top fifteen team because you use the current ranking, not the previous ranking. And LSU right now is a great win for Tennessee, and they're going to get even better. I Ole Miss has no chance of beating Alabama. I'll just
1: I don't think they have any prayer. Well, we we said make us believe. This was yeah. the make us believe game for LSU and Ole Miss, and LSU made us believe. Right? I mean, did you walk away thinking, okay, that was a fluke uh, loss for Ole Miss? No, 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 it was a it was a convincing win by LSU. Yes, and the two things you know are going to make them
0: dangerous against Alabama and moving forward because LSU now still controls its own destiny and could get to Atlanta. But a great defensive line and a quarterback who is finding his comfort zone in an offense with great weapons that that's what LSU is, and they put it all on display against Ole Miss. Again, Alabama is pretty good. They they took care of business against Mississippi State. I, the SEC is. I think there is going to be some losing happening. It's going to be super interesting, but LSU is clearly a factor now, and that is good news for Tennessee.
1: Yeah, and and that's why, yeah, sure, beating UT Martin 65-24. Yeah, that's great. Whatever. And like, no, that's, that's, that's okay. I taught my kids how to say 50-burger at halftime. There you go. But, the, oh, the, about but the, the biggest win for you this weekend is this victory. Yeah, there's no question. and You all should be sitting like gift baskets down to LSU <laughs> at this point.
0: <laughs> hey, Brian Kelly. Here's, yeah. Here's some here's some here's some. Here's some some scented candles from Stoney Keeley. Yeah. Um, so I think Tennessee has the best resume in America. Mm-hmm. I do not think they're the best team in America, but they have a chance to marry those two things over the course of the next few weeks. Yeah, because
1: you got to beat Kentucky. You With, you lose to Kentucky, you lose the faith of everybody that yeah. is supporting you right now, and including then, myself. And then Georgia the following week,
0: yeah. you have it right here in front of you. Now let's... The other one to keep an eye on is that, that pesky road trip to South Carolina is getting... A little bit more tricky. Yeah. A trickier Shane than Beamer's thought.
1: kind of uh, pulling stuff out of his ass to, to win these games.
0: Sunglasses, fact, yeah. is fact. That's where he keeps them. I, I have to apologize to Shane Beamer. I have to apologize to Shane Beamer. Um, you have a chance to be bowl eligible in your first two seasons. I thought all the hype was, was overplayed. I didn't think you were going to be very good this year. I thought four and eight, five and seven. Uh, you already have five wins. You now have a win over a ranked Kentucky team on the road. I know Will Levis didn't play. Last year, you beat Florida and Auburn. And now you have a win over Texas A and M, and A and M didn't even lead for a second in that game. So all credit to South Carolina, all credit to Shane Beamer. I apologize, sir. I had you wrong this year.
1: That's on me. I think it takes a real man to say that. I think it does. And A and M sucks. <laughs> well, yeah, and then that's. I guess you know we'll go into this since we're talking about it. When do the bells toll for Jimbo? Like what? What can they do? to... Do do you have faith that Jimbo could turn it around, or do you think it's just like it's going to get worse before it even gets better?
0: So I think it could get worse this year, but here's the glimmer of hope: you've you've injured all your quarterbacks. <laughs> <laughs> That's how all good hope starts. <laughs> yes. No, but you now, have no quarterbacks. <laughs> no, here's no, your hope. No, here's how it works: your five-star freshman that was never going to play this year, Connor Wegman, who got some time at the end of the game against South Carolina, is now it's his time. You, you have nothing to lose. You're three and four. This is supposed to be a building year for AM, where they were supposed to go from like, you know, seven and five ish, eight and four ish team to they weren't expecting a playoff. They weren't expecting winning an SEC championship. You don't, you don't think they were? No, this was a but they needed to show growth. They needed yeah. to show progress and building the program from middle of the pack to sort of on the outskirts of the championship conversation so that next year, when all those five stars are starting and upperclassmen, that they feel like this is a team that can compete for a national championship. And this year, we've seen nothing but regression. So at this point, what else do you have to lose? Go to your five-star true freshman quarterback, who was the gem of the recruiting class that everyone touted as the greatest of all time, and let him play through. Definitely the most expensive. (laughs) Absolutely. Let him play through the last month of the season and see what you got. Because if he... he, if he's just shows you glimmers of hope, he is clearly your starting quarterback coming back next year. And then I think you can, if you're Jimbo, you can say, look, we've got progression now. We've got a, we've
1: got a path at least. Otherwise it only took me kneecapping four quarterbacks, but I think we found it <laughs> just unbelievable. Like
0: every single press conference is is so frustrating. Every single press conference. Well, we've got the talent. We've got the players.
1: Well, then if that's the case, isn't it the coaching? When
0: is it your fault, Jimbo? Yeah. It's all your fault, buddy. But isn't he it's basically saying it's, it's all his all fault.
1: fault without saying it's his fault or saying it's his, at least
0: his staff's fault? Kind of. Also, here's an undervalued part of this entire equation for A&M. Their defensive coordinator is at Duke. Duke's 5-2. and two. Mike Elko is leading Duke to a potential bowl game in his first year. They just smoked Miami, a team that A&M barely beat the loss of their defensive coordinator is also playing a factor in this as well. So, AM just not the team that they were in the preseason and they're going to have to really prove
1: it to people over the final month if they want to have some Can can they get out year. of Jimbo's contract if there's no. a similar year next year? So, after next year in 2024 can they get out of it? It's all guaranteed money, so it's as much as you want to spend. Woo! 85 million guaranteed.
0: What uh, a bunch of idiots. <laughs> there's not You say that? It, there's not a more thirsty because now Tennessee's good, right? Yeah. There's not a more thirsty fan base in all of college football than Texas a Yeah. Clemson's got their championship rings. USC's back. Texas now feels like it's got their guys. Tennessee's in the top five. Where's little A&M at? Yeah. <laughs> they're, they're the one doing all the same things as those schools. They're nowhere to be found. Irrelevant. Losing record three and four. All right. Woof. Last
1: one. Woof. Do you think I have, I have my answer, but do you think, Alabama had a get right game. How are you defining? I mean, yes.
0: I expected that to happen. I I had money on Alabama minus 21. Uh, my Nick Saban was furious that they gave up points (laughs) in the game, which means there are three games against Mike Leach so far in three years against each other at Alabama, I believe is 120 to 15. Yes. 120 to 15. I guess that is that get right. Or is that just what you're supposed to do? Because Mississippi State's not bad.
1: They're yeah, I, I think it's. I think for them, that's that they're, they're they're the same thing because they're supposed to do it, but they needed to actually do it, right? They needed to get right and actually do it because they had such a terrible week after the UT loss. You know, for a for their state of mind and everything. Do Do I have faith in Alabama versus LSU? Well, you know, we'll get to that later. Do I have faith in Alabama? You know, I have faith in the long haul. We'll see. I mean, right now, it's hard for me to have faith in this team because I know that's just not up to snuff compared to other Nick Saban, uh, Nick Saban Alabama teams. It's probably maybe the second worst Nick Saban Alabama team. 2010, I would say his first year. I would almost
0: say would be 07 is his worst. 10, they lost. I think three times. That was the Mark Ingram. Fumble and can oh, Newton, do yeah. the, the cam back, as they call it. Um, I think from a supporting cast standpoint around Bryce Young, around the quarterback, I think this is one of the least talented, explosive.
1: It's Jameer Gibbs, draft picks, really, and Bryce him. Young, right? right.
0: Like, like they, they normally have first round pick at tackle, interior offensive line, tight end. Now I do like Latu. I think Latu's a really good tight end, but he's not a first round talent like OJ Howard was or whatever. They they just don't have the same pieces around the quarterback. But I think the quarterback's better than anything they've ever had at that position. Yeah, for sure. So they're still dangerous. And again, LSU and Bama, they both get a bye. Then they will come back and play each other in two weeks. So we're going to – it's sort of like LSU take a breath, Alabama take a breath, and spend two weeks preparing for each other. In Baton Rouge, that game is going to be awesome. Yeah, it's going
1: to be awesome. awesome. And and I do say two weeks of preparation. Nick Saban with two weeks of preparation is like Mike Vrabel with two weeks of preparation. I give – I give lean very heavy that Nick Saban's going to come out and have some stuff corrected that he's seen be flaws that he couldn't fix during the season. Yeah. I, I, so we'll see, I, but I, I, I can't wait for the game. Yeah. I am, I am
0: le- far less concerned about the trip to Ole Miss, even though I wasn't really concerned about it. Yeah. I'm an Alabama fan. Auburn's always weird. Cause it's Auburn of course. Uh, but it's very possible that we have a Tennessee, Alabama rematch. It's still possible. We have Alabama, Georgia, the Ole Miss trip to Atlanta now is pretty much out of it, but now LSU's a factor into this. So, I think we learned a lot about college football around the country because you know the Pac-12 last undefeated team lost to UCLA, so now that opens the door for a second SEC team. The, the Big Ten appears to be just Michigan and Ohio State, which could open up the door for another SEC team. And Syracuse losing to Clemson, it now looks like it's all Clemson, and that could open up the door for a second team. So as long as the rest of the country keeps losing – that's if you're a Tennessee fan or a Georgia fan or an Alabama fan. You think maybe we can get in. Yeah, uh, Bama has to win out, but Georgia and Tennessee could still lose a game and, in theory, still get into the playoff as long as everyone around the country keeps losing. Gotcha. So that's a good week. It was a good weekend for Tennessee, not just with LSU, but around the country as well. Yeah, so, there you go. There I think you go. that's about it. That is uh, it. live at the pharmacy, man. Look at all these. Look at all these awesome people. Look! Look at all these! Look at all these great folks. They're everywhere hanging out here. Oh, there's the For, Walker. Former Titans hanging yeah. out here. Yeah. Former former Titans hanging out. This is where you come to Pharmacy, of course, here in East Nashville at McFarrett Avenue, of course, the Burger Parlor and Beer Garden. Beautiful people, beautiful day. Victory Monday, five consecutive here. We'll be back on Thursday, of course, live at 1 p.m. A football show here brought to you by the Pharmacy, Kingston Group, and Weiss Liquors, three locally owned businesses. Just support local business, folks. Yeah. It's really not that hard to do. Support your local businesses. Pharmacy, Weiss Liquors, Kingston Group. Zach Lyons, Braden Golf, thanks for hanging out with us, everybody. This has been A Football Show.